Welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. What's up? And Justin, the Russian concussion mascaro. Good evening. Back from the Derby. How are you feeling? Not good. Always lose money at the Derby. Oh, yeah. We didn't know what you meant by the Derby. I honestly did not know that the Louisiana Derby was going on. Um, not deep into the, the ponies like I would like to be, but uh, did anybody win? Y'all had a solid squad, huh? Uh, yeah, Bo, Bo won. He put um, a substantial amount on one horse to win it and did, ended up winning it. Did he have a lean on that horse? Does anybody have the the daily racing for him? Um, or were okay. y'all just winging? Well, it? so Colin's girlfriend's uncle watches it like every day. Closer, so yeah. he called him and just said like, "Hey, what's some what's some locks?" And he gave us three locks, and uh, one of the three hit. <laughs> so so they weren't locks. No, they were not locks. <laughs> All right. Oh. Well, it could have been rigged. Yeah, Nick's big on that. The the horse, the, fuck, the, the, the fucking ja- are the last race is always rigged. If Jackie fucking tips his cap, <laughs> he's gonna he's not gonna try to win every. <laughs> you so who was it? Your grandpa? You would go with <laughs> Nick's grandpa was telling him the ins and outs of the fairgrounds and what to what to look for, the what to avoid. The fucking last race is always rigged. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I would like to go. I, I've been saying I want to go. I remember I called last year. Um. But COVID. They had like they weren't allowing spectators for a while. I'm assuming is this the first? I didn't even know the Louisiana Derby was a thing. Um, is this the first Louisiana Derby since COVID that they've I allowed think spectators? So, yeah. Okay. Was there a lot of people there? Yeah, there's a fuck ton. So nobody. I mean, if Bo, so other than Bo, nobody else hit big. No. Were y'all doing like trifectas? All that. Yeah. Good shit? I mean, I mean, exactas. I was. I was doing exactas. I hit a couple exactas actually, but they don't pay shit. What do you mean? The exact is the first two, right? Yeah. One and two, right. And I boxed them, yeah. And see, I, yeah, see, anything. you can't box it. You yeah. can't box it. Um, yeah, you I, don't want to box your exacta. So, so for those who don't know, betting horses, and, and I'm I'm rusty on it, but there was that COVID year, I was deep into it. Like, I knew all the terminology, all of that. I had the DRF. I was trying to study. That shit's so hard to learn. You, there's so many, like, they got quarter pole numbers, and you're like, what the fuck is that? It looks like longitude, latitude. Um but yeah, the trifectas, uh, exactas, the first two, if you box it, you can get any order of whatever bet you're doing. If you do a trifecta box, you can get one, two, and three. You're just betting on those three horses to finish either one, two, or three in any any variation. Um, that was the dark times. I remember I would, yes. I had my laptop next to me. I would play a game of Warzone, mm-hmm. and then in between games, I'd bet on some horses. Well, because yeah, it was awesome, fucking, because it was like every 15 yeah. minutes. Justin was getting fucking picks from... Um, Alfredo Alfonso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I know. No, there was a few things I figured out. Anytime you saw Tyler Gaffleone jockey in a horse, you bet on him. Uh, Victor LeBron was a good one. And then there was somebody else. And then if Bob Baffert's got a horse, he's shooting him up with HGH. So they're probably got a leg up on the competition. So unless they get disqualified, you're going to probably cash in there. But Tyler Gaffleone was the one. You saw him, you bet on him. Um. But yeah, no, I'd like to go. We need to make a we need to make a trip out there for sure. Uh, so the stage is set. Final four. This episode one eleven. 
Uh, it's in New Orleans, our backyard. Me and Nick just got tickets today for the Final Four. I already have tickets to the championship game, which we got in on that early, and it has paid dividends because it has at least tripled in price. So, um, But the Final Four, the North Carolina-Duke, biggest rivalry in college sports. Possibly, It's a top-five rivalry in all of sports. This is the first time they're playing in the tournament, in the Final Four at that, and it could be Coach K's last game. It's his last ride. If he wins this one, they go to the championship, which will then be his last game. He could finish out on top of the mountain just like John Wooden did. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a uh, all-time sporting weekend in all of sports, not just college basketball. So you looking forward to it? Yeah. It's kind of crazy that the lesser of the two games is Villanova-Kansas. This will be Villanova's – say they run the table and they win. Uh, they win it all. This will be their third championship in the last decade. Jay Wright deserves some credit. Yeah. They are – that's what – somebody was arguing, like, Villanova's not a blue blood. In my eyes, they are. In the last decade, they, they've got the highest winning percentage right behind Gonzaga. So, they're two. Gonzaga plays no nobody worth a shit. So, Villanova, in my eyes, is the highest winning percentage in college basketball. They've won two championships in the last decade and could make it a third. But, I mean, as a Final Four matchup, can you ask for anything better? Villanova, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke. Like, you could Kentucky if they would have got there, maybe. But then you're compromising North Carolina. You're not getting the North Carolina-Duke rivalry. So, Aren't these four teams the most uh, – like, don't they have the most wins uh, in school? UCLA is definitely going to be up there with, with uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and that whole era. They won, like, fucking 10, like, in, a, mm. in like – 12 years something crazy uh but no yeah i mean i'm sure kansas was i mean fucking naismith i'm pretty sure was from kansas like that was in fog allen field house and all of that um could be completely wrong on that but yeah kansas is one of the original programs that was prominent from day one and then you know what you got with north carolina duke obviously and then villanova i mean in the last decade they have like i said been absolutely dominant so it was like it, it was a weird it's weird how this tournament worked out whereas anybody could have made it it felt like but then here you are with like the the usuals I guess but North Carolina's been on a downtrend for the last 4 years since when was what year was Marcus Page hitting the those crazy shots in the national championship That was against Nova That was the yeah, Chris Jenkins was, shot um, 2016 Yeah That was the Chris Jenkins shot maybe. Yeah it was around then but since then they declined big time so, and they were a bubble team this year. They were not expected to get to where they're at currently. Uh, beat Baylor. Give, I mean, they got a lucky draw with St. Peter's. Speaking of that, and we'll recap the games, but how bad does Purdue look? I told, we were at walk-ons. I said Matt Painter should be fired. And I meant it. But to see what Armando Baycott did to this team, he had, yeah. he had over 20 rebounds. And then Purdue just got... I mean, Purdue has the biggest player in the tournament in Edie, and then you got Travion Williams, who's like an Armando Baycott, and they couldn't do anything. So Matt Painter deserves to be fired. I, I was big on Purdue. They were my first futures bet that I placed back in, like, late November, early December. I, they had everything they needed. Jaden Ivey, worst game I've ever seen somebody play in the tournament out of a as a heavy favorite like that. But Matt Painter just consistently gets a sweet 16 and then shits the bet. I think he's 1-4. You were number one overall team for a very short amount of time this year, but still a number one overall team in the nation. And you lose to St. Peter's, who then very next day, very next, uh, yeah, two days later goes out and just gets dog-walked by North Carolina. So I'm on the fire Matt Painter train. There's no excuses for that. I'm, I'm uh, Kentucky should start looking at Coach Cal. 
They never will. He'll have a lifetime contract if he wants it. But for them to lose to St. Peter's too with Oscar Shibway, yeah, like come mm-hmm. on, dude, what are we doing? Well, he was the only. He was like the only one who showed up. <clears throat> the only player that played well that yeah. game. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, but yeah. So before we recap and get into the final four games, and then we'll look ahead to the championship. But I'm sure we'll do another episode in between. Um, are y'all on the metaverse? Y'all have a an Oculus? No. Uh, Sam, Sam does all that. Oh yeah. Yeah. What does he do? He just tells me about it all the time. Like the metaverse. So we just got one. Um, Lindsay won a segue at her, uh, Las Vegas, uh, business conference and her boss wanted it. So she, he was, she was like, if you get, uh, he like was in the raffle for an Oculus. She's like, if you get that, I'll trade you. Well, he didn't get it. So he just went and bought one and they traded. So now we have an Oculus. I was like, fucking Never was going to use the Segway, even though I'm pretty sure it's worth more. Um, I thought you were talking about something completely different, like the the metaverse. Yes. You have to. Yeah, the metaverse is through the Oculus. It's make-believe. What do you think the metaverse is? I don't know. Well, what did you think I was talking about? What is Sam on? Like the metaverse. How how does he get on it? I don't know. (laughs) I, I don't think he has it, but I think I know he watches like videos on it and stuff. Okay, yeah. So... We'll we'll segue on the sports betting podcast, but um, yeah, no, the met, it, Meta is what now Facebook and their company Zuckerberg and all them is called Meta. So the metaverse is going to be your virtual reality world, and you get to that through your virtual reality headset. Okay. So people are buying real estate, and you can live next to Snoop Dogg and all this for a crazy amount of money and all that bullshit. Um, it, it, the, this is going to be like your second life. If Mark Zuckerberg has his way, but we got to stop it's him. It's going to be your first life. We got to stop him. He he wants us to have and the headset. real life will be secondary. Yes. He wants us to have the headset on more than we have it off. And that's a problem. Mark Zuckerberg is a danger to society and we need to stop him. But um, ping pong is electric on the, in the, <laughs> on, the uh, on the Oculus. I'll tell you that because you can play real people. Um there's some Hispanic people on there that are fucking really good at ping pong. I'm, I'm, I'm like drenched in sweat playing ping pong. <laughs> and so the way it, the way it works out, um, and uh, like my social status is elevated. I'm on the metaverse now. So that's why I'm drinking Perrier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a, that's a big thing. If you're not on the metaverse, people are looking at you differently now. Do, do you have a, a plot? No, I don't. You gotta, I gotta get in sandbox and, uh, my whole life's different. Honestly, I have my whole outlook on life. It's completely changed overnight since I put that headset on. I don't want to take it off. Um, but no, in all seriousness, all I do is play virtual reality golf and ping pong and it's great, but the ping pong. So you, you play against a real person across the table and you can buy attachments like a paddle attachment. You can buy a golf handle, golf club handle attachment. Um, I haven't gone that deep yet, but it's coming. So you see the silhouette and you can buy it. You can like use your points to get a mask. So first game I play, um, they're like, do you want to go to his arena? I was like, all right, I guess. So it's like an Egyptian Sphinx cat head. Not necessarily a Sphinx, but like that style of like cat with the pointy ears. And then you see his paddle and then his other controller, which is where you hold the ball and throw it. But so you just see the hat. And I'm like, this is fucking weird. It was a dark room. I was like, I don't feel safe. Uh, I was like, this, this, I feel like you're stealing my, my IP address and shit as we speak. But so you can enable um, your voice if you want to talk. I haven't gone that deep into it yet. But um, 
and this guy didn't have his, but he's just looking. And so you can communicate through hand signals. Um, well, he like, we were going back and forth playing and, uh, he started like, you, you can't, it's hard to tell if he's being cocky cause you're just judging these hand signals. Um, but so like it started getting intense. I could tell like it was not, this was not a friendly match. So, and this was like my first game. So I could barely knew how to serve all of that. Um, well, I started getting the hang of it. So I started getting, so I started pointing my paddle at him and he's like throwing, you just see the silhouette of his hands going up like that. And he walks to the edge of the table. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get punked in my first virtual reality ping pong game. So I go walk to the edge of the table too. And we are like, fucking face to face this sphinx cat is in my face and he's like doing like that like flinching at me like this is fucking weird dude. i'm not ready for this world i'm just trying to play some friendly game of ping pong needless to say he was really good i get into another game and so i'm playing this guy um and he's like so he i can hear him he's talking he's breathing all heavy because <laughs> you, you got to stand up like i'm fucking sweating like big time and like it's it feels like legit ping pong 100%. So like oh and on a side note, I went reaching heavy for a ball that great shot by this guy, ton of spin. Went reaching for it, bam, smacked the TV. Knocked it <laughs> off the table. I was like, "Oh my god. I think it's okay. I haven't turned it on to check, but smoked the TV with my virtual ping pong paddle. Didn't get the ball either. Didn't return the shot. But um so I start. He couldn't return my serve. I was putting spin on it. And he kept fucking it up. So I was pointing at him. He's like, "Bro, what the fuck are you pointing at?" <laughs> he said, "You ain't good. This is my first game." And uh, so I was fucking getting him, and I'm just pointing at him. He's getting so mad. He said, "I'll wax you on the second game. I'll wax you on the second game." I started hitting him with the fucking crotch chop, the the DMX, uh, the, the Degeneration X. He's like, "What the fuck are you?" He said, "You think you're good? You're not good." He's like getting all worked up and breathing all heavy. It's electric. If you're not playing virtual reality ping pong, you, you're missing out big time. Um, I don't know if that's what's intended with the metaverse, but that's that's my that's my reality in the metaverse. Um, and it is a workout for sure. I got to get the paddle, all of that. I got to go all in. So I'll probably start playing when we're done with this. But but yeah, anyway, uh, segue. Um, before we talk about sports again, uh, the Oscars. Will Smith smacked the fuck out of Chris Rock. Did you see it? Yeah. You watched it? Like, yeah. not live, I'm sure. No, I didn't. What, Does your mom watch the them. Oscars? Um, No. No? It's forbidden in in everywhere. Oh, yeah? Why is that? <laughs> because. In your household, the Oscars are forbidden? Yeah. Is there a reason? Well, I mean, I'm not going to go into details about it, but okay. just no one watches it where I live. Okay. Um, What about you? Uh, no, I didn't watch it live. Yeah, neither did I. Um, but when I saw the video, I was like, what the fuck? So Chris Rock makes a G.I. Jane joke at Jada Pinkett Smith, um, who's kind of a bitch, if we're being honest. Yeah. She cheated on Will Smith with August Alsina. Um, it's, what, is, what the fuck has Jada Pinkett Smith done since the 90s anyway? Um, other than be Will Smith's wife, Will Smith is a mega star. I love Will Smith. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air is one of the best shows of all time, and then he's been in just great movies all across the board. So, if you don't like, if either one of y'all don't like Will Smith, I mean, I would be, I would look at you differently. Um, but yeah, so she's got alopecia, so she's losing her hair. It's an autoimmune disease. Your body attacks its hair follicles. People are trying to act like it's fucking leukemia. 
Like I could be, I could be ignorant to alopecia, but as far as I know, alopecia, you just lose your hair. Um, so she's not a cancer survivor. Maybe she is. I don't fucking know. Anyway, Chris Rock makes a GI Jane joke. Will Smith kind of chuckles. Jada, Jada Pinkett did not like it at all. Gave Will the death stare, I guess, when they went off a of camera. So Will Smith says, ah, all right, fuck it. Gets up, <laughs> walks 40 yards across the stage. Chris Rock's like, oh, what's going on? Like, what'd you think was going on? Wham, smacks the fuck out of him. Like, hard as fuck. And everybody's like, everybody's like, what? what grown man slaps another grown man? I'm like, that's the ultimate sign of disrespect. Like, you smack the fuck out of what is he, what is he going to do? Hit him with a fucking haymaker? <laughs> Knock him out unconscious? Yeah. On you should have. Well, I'm just saying, like, well, yeah, no. Uh, people are saying, like, Will Smith's a bitch for smacking him. Like, no, I, open hand smack? Shut the fuck up? I, like, thought, I thought it wasn't that good of a slap, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's the, it's like the effort, though. The fact that you had the balls to go walk up yeah. there and smack the fuck out of but a grown man at the Oscars. But I thought he got him better. Yeah. Especially he played Ali and Ali. <laughs> yeah, but it's if like, you look at him, he had his guard up. Yeah, he did. He had his guard up. I was like, damn. <laughs> like, if Chris Rock were to slip that, Will was ready. Will was ready for the uh, the counter. But, no, yeah, I mean, he hit him okay. Like, he didn't, like, I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't have, like, the smack sound, but it was like a... Like, fuck, that sounded like the same thing, but it was like a boom. Like, he smacked the Definitely fuck hurt. Out. Yeah, he felt it. And, but yeah, no, I mean, Will's a big dude. I mean, he could have probably knocked him off his fucking feet if he wanted to. So he might not have, like, gone up there like, I'm going to go fucking kill this dude. But, it, I mean, I feel like he definitely, he smacked the shit out of him. It was I, like a push slap type thing. But on a side note, um, or or from the other perspective, I felt like Chris Rock handled it as good as you could. Yeah. He's like, well. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. And then uh, then Will Smith's like, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. He's like, it was a G.I. Jane joke, dude. Like, I thought that was hilarious because really it's like you just overreacted that bad yeah. over a G.I. Jane joke. And I like Chris Rock, too. I've always liked Chris Rock. So I was like, and then you can tell he was rattled because he's like, uh, we're here to present a documentary with, uh, and he's like, we're here to present an Oscar for a documentary. Like he's fucking like trying to get the train back on the tracks, like on the fly. So imagine being up there. Like I'm sure yeah. that's like one of, to host the Oscars is a big deal. Like when Kevin Hart was going to do it and they canceled him, like that was his dream was to host the Oscars. So I'm sure Chris Rock was like, and he could have done it in years past. I don't know, but I'm sure that was like a pretty big deal for him. And, and then also on the same night will smith's winning the best actor award like he's winning the highest credited oscar so for which movie the king richard about serena and venus williams the t- oh, the dad didn't see of the, it. the dad of the uh i mean if you don't know who serena williams is then i mean that's crazy but the the tennis players um no yeah i heard it was awesome but yeah so he won the award for that i'm sure he knew it was coming uh but yeah i mean jesus christ probably like the craziest shit to happen on television possibly ever definitely in a long ass time so um i don't even i I feel like i can give credit to both like you got to respect the fact that he walked up there smacked the shit out of him to defend his wife even though his wife's a bitch and then you got to respect chris rock for just kind of eating it and then just being like wow that's what he said he was like well that's the uh greatest night in the history of television like i mean what else is he supposed to do you know uh, he's not going to get into a brawl with Will Smith. He'll lose that fight, and then you're on national television at the Oscars. So, but 
it was interesting to say the least. It set uh, Twitter on fire. But all right, like I said, the stage is set. Final four. First game, 509. You got Villanova, Kansas. Second game, you got North Carolina Duke at 749. We will be there in the dome. And then I will be there on Monday for the championship. But we'll recap. Uh, so Miami, Kansas is what we started it off with. Um, very disappointing. We I think we were all on the Hurricanes, correct? Correct. Yeah, I should have been in Kansas. Well, yeah, easy to say now. Well, I was on them. And I, oh, you I did flip switched. it. Yeah, well, they looked like Miami was doing exactly what they needed to do in the first half and exactly what I thought they were going to do for the full game. They had, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mcgusty was getting his yeah. big yep. time. Mcgusty was playing lights out. The problem was Wardenberg, the big dude from Miami, the white dude, is a moron, was in foul trouble getting reaching fouls and shit. He sat for the majority of the game. Uh, you got Isaiah Wong, who it really was Jordan Miller was the problem. He got in the earliest foul trouble. Uh, but, I mean, that was the thing about them was that they have so many different guys. Well, Wardenberg gave you five points. He only played 28 minutes. Miller only played 23 minutes. He gave you two points. That's a double-digit score. Um, and then Moore, the point guard, uh, Charlie Moore had three turnovers, only two assists. And shot the ball poorly. Two of nine from the field, 0 of three from the three-point line. Mcgusty was 7 of 17, but 0 of 4 from the three-point line. He gave you 18 points, but the vast majority of that came in the first half. Uh, and then Isaiah Wong. So it was Mcgusty and Wong. Wong had 15. Mcgusty had 18. They were the only two that showed up. And then when you've got Abaji, who woke up, 8 of 12 from the field, 18 points. Braun gave you his usual 12 points on a pretty efficient night, giving you six rebounds, four assists. Uh, but McCormick down low, they didn't have an answer. Once Wardenberg went out, they didn't really have an answer for, even when he was in, they didn't have an answer for for uh, David McCormick, 15 points on six of seven shooting. <sighs> it was disappointing. They were up six at halftime. So uh, clearly the bet was the first half. Uh, you get outscored like 32 points in the second half. That's pretty unheard of. Yeah. And they should like that's why I said Miami should be ashamed. You absolutely rolled over in the second half. You had the momentum. I think they hit a shot, or did they hit a shot right at the end of the second half to carry? No, they they could have stretched it. I texted y'all. They were up six. Could have stretched it to eight or ten. Let Kansas get back into it, and then they could have they then they stretched it back out. They had a six point lead, and it was like that. They could have been up double digits going into halftime, but poor mistakes, turnovers. Uh, that dude Poplar played like shit, couldn't hit a shot. Um, it was frustrating to see, especially when we were all on Miami plus six. But Kansas really flipped a switch like a number one seed does in the second half, and they ran Miami out of the building in that second half. So, uh, Justin, you were on the over, did not hit. Um, if Miami would have showed up in the second half, it would have hit. But – it is what it is. Second game of the day, St. Peter's in North Carolina. I've been waiting for the clock to strike 12 on on the Cinderella story. Uh, hats off to him on an incredible run, probably the best run in the history of the tournament. This is what Purdue should have done. I went. I had to come back and get back what was mine. That's why I went first half and full game on North Carolina. They covered both with ease. They were covering the full game spread at halftime. They're up 20 points, something like that at half. St. Peter's only scored 49 points. We were all on the over. And that is why the over did not hit. This is what I was worried about, uh, the size and length of North Carolina. I 
I didn't feel like St. Peter's was that great of an offensive team to begin with. Their defense, I felt like, was carrying them to this point, even though I know they were able to put some points on the board uh, earlier in the tournament. But it is what it is. I, I bet a substantial amount on the first half and full game spread. And so in the long run, I made I made a good chunk of money on the day. Record-wise, I went 2-2. Two and two. Nick, you went 1-2. and two. Justin, you went 1-3. and three. So all in all, not a good day for us. Mm-mm. The point totals have not been not been our friend. No. So did you have any takeaways from it? Um, I mean, basically, most of the games from the uh, Elite Eight, I mean, yeah, the Elite Eight went, went the way we thought they were going to go. Point spread wise, one hundred percent. Yeah. So even even when I was talking about Kansas, it was one of the things I was mentioning that they they've been winning in the tournament and and even before that they won the Big Twelve. Yep. Tournament as well, and like the point I was making that eventually Abaji is going to get going, and when that happens, then then they, they're for they, real. Yeah, they've been they've been granted they kind of played it close with Creighton, but they've been winning. They haven't really been in trouble, I guess, and Obagi's been playing poorly. Yeah. So when he turns it on, Kansas can very well win this national championship if Obagi shows up in this Final Four and Final Game. So yeah, because yeah, and Remy Martin playing well as well. Yes. That's the other thing is like they they have both of those guys to go to, and then of course McCormick down low. No, yeah, Remy Martin's the X factor because if this team gets off to a slow start, he comes off the bench. He's not right. even a starter, so he comes off the bench and puts a jolt of energy into the offense. Well, then, and he's one of those guys he can create on his own. So, Abaji is that guy. He can do that as well, but he hasn't been doing that as of late. Brown, Brown is not really one of those guys. They, like, they need – Remy Martin is a, a very key part of this Kansas team because he can come in and create for his own, and then you've got McCormick down low. You've got these people that can play off of him. Uh, whereas if Abaji's having an off night, they don't really have a guy that's going to create for themselves. They have the point guard who everybody leaves open – uh, and every now and then he'll knock one down for you, but he's not a consistent enough shooter that you got to really worry about him from the outside. So that's a problem. They can pack the lane, and then McCormick, it makes his life a lot harder. So, And then uh, what's in Jalen Wilson? He, he's got to play a little bit better, I yeah. think. I don't know what he did. Let's see. He Yeah, only five points, one of eight from the field, 0 of four from the three-point line. He missed three free throws as well. So he contributed – Nicely on the from the rebounding aspect, he had eleven fucking boards, uh, the most by far from anybody on the team. But yeah, he's got to stay out of foul trouble, all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my biggest takeaway was extremely disappointed in a Miami team that I was big on, had them going to the Elite Eight in my bracket, uh, which they did. Didn't have them winning, but I bet on them. So and I had a little bit sprinkle on the money line there as well. So I was upset to see that. I felt like they rolled over in the second half. And then as far as North Carolina, North Carolina is who I knew they were. Manic is the X factor for North Carolina, in my opinion. So you know you, Baycott is going to be consistent. R.J. Davis gonna, is going to give you guard play. Um, Caleb Love and Manic are the biggest thing. If Manic is hitting from the outside consistently, it stretches the floor. It's going to make R.J. Davis's ability to get to the, li- get to the rim and get to the line. Uh, way easier. They can play a two-man game with Baycott. Um, I feel like there's a lot that rides on Brady Manick to hit from the outside. So, And he has been as of late. So, I don't think he had the best day shooting, but I don't think he had a bad day. Um, no, I take that back. He was 4-6 from the three-point line. So, they were getting anything they wanted, really. They did slow down there in the second half because it started like, I was like, huh, 
maybe if we go crazy, we need like 80 points in the second half to mm-hmm. hit the over. It's like very unlikely. Um, you got any takeaways, Justin? Oh yeah, um, you you weren't here, so yeah, you you went with D- Arkansas over Duke. Was that a Josh influence pick? No, it wasn't actually. It was it was a dumb pick. I mean, Duke is now playing like uh, and this was obviously back in the Elite Eight. Justin just wasn't here for the last yeah. episode, so yeah, Duke's uh, Duke's playing extremely well now. I mean, yep, I thought Arkansas was going to give them a little bit more, but they did not. Uh, one of my biggest takeaways, I guess, would be. Villanova losing Justin Moore. That that, that's that sucks. Huge. Yeah, that is yeah. huge. Yeah, no, that is extremely uh disappointing. He he's a very key player for them. He he's one of the that's he's one of the guys I refer to when I say they have like the same player with Samuels and Moore, and then you got Slater, like all of them, they they're the same size, same style of player. But um no, yeah, that that is a huge blow. For Villanova. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You saw, you could see it on the replay. It was either something in his calf or his Achilles. So, and it turns out it was, in fact, his Achilles, and he is done. So, that is going to be tough. The crazy to, thing tough is, it's like he wasn't looking like he was in a bunch of pain. Like, it was more like confusion. Like, yeah, what happened? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they all typically, like, Kobe did it. I've seen a few people. Well, like, do he it. was trying to walk and, like, yeah, move they look. His... Well, they say, like, it feels like something like somebody, like, steps on the back of your leg or something. And I've seen some where they're rolling around. But, yeah, I've seen quite a few where they're like, what the fuck? Like, they look back. Like, what was that? Yeah. Durant did that when yeah. he popped his. Yeah. So, like, what? I guess it feels like somebody, like, flat tires you on your shoe or something. But, yeah, he, it, like, oh, it makes me feel like. Like ah oh, shit, please somebody carry him. Like I don't even, I can't imagine rupturing my Achilles tendon. That would suck so bad, dude. That's always one of those like injuries that I'm like, I hope I never have to experience that because it's just fucking right there. It's so big. Oh yeah, like that would be terrible. So you got to feel for him, but uh, the show's got to go on. So on Saturday, like I said, we will be in the building. First game five oh nine. Villanova, Kansas. Kansas is four and a half point favorites. Who's got to lean? Man, this was tough. It is definitely tough. Total sits at 132 and a half. Anybody? Um I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Jayhawks here. Yeah, that's where, that's where I'm leaning. I just think it's because they're starting to click. So mm-hmm. um that's the main reason if if they weren't if they wouldn't have played as well as they did last game, where everybody kind of started to show up and and do their what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. as far as their best players are concerned. Um, I would maybe lean Villanova just because how fundamentally sound they are and everything, but I just think that Kansas at the end of the day is going to be too much for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, it does worry me how poorly Kansas shot from the free throw line versus Villanova. I don't think they missed one. They're yeah. Like 15 of 15. It's incredible. Uh, Kansas, though, they can play either style. Villanova wants to slow it down. I feel like Kansas can play that, get in the half-court offense, uh, and but then they can also run. So they've got the guys that they got athletes on the team that can run. They play very good defense. Villanova went on stretches there where they, um, they stopped scoring. So it was, let's see. I mean, Houston only gave you 44. They gave, Villanova gave you 50. Obviously, we know what Houston can do on the defensive side of the ball. But they went on stretches there, much like North Carolina did against St. Peter's, where it's like the ball stopped going in the basket. So mm-hmm. that's got to worry you a little bit. They have the upper hand with McCormick down low over Dixon, in my opinion. And then they've just got – yeah, I, I'm going to take Kansas as well. 
uh, minus four and a half. It does. It kind of feels like too many to me. Like when you have somebody like Gillespie and and they're still uh, such a well-coached team and such a fundamentally sound team and they're going to get their points at the free throw line. It feels like a lot, but yeah, I'm going to take the Jayhawks as well. Minus four and a half. Justin, which side are you leaning? Um, I'm taking Kansas as well. Okay. Uh, Gillespie really has not been playing good lately, and they just lost uh, Justin Moore, who is their second leading scorer. So I'm also going to take the under at 132 and a half. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, Gillespie did have a very poor game against Houston. One of six from the field, 0 of four from the three-point line. And then, let's see, Michigan. I think he had like 12. Yeah, 12 points, but on four of 14 shooting, four of 10 from the three-point line. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. For them to for them to have a shot, he's going to have to hit some – he's going to have to be above 35% from the three-point line. He's going to have to get to the free throw line. I feel like he, especially in against Houston, it's like it's a little different though because their defense is next level. Now, the very few people can replicate what Houston can do on the defensive side of the ball. But yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to play better, hundred percent. So, Nick, do you have a lean on the uh, point total? Um, no, I don't. But it'll be interesting to see how. Because the Superdome's a football yeah. stadium, so how the shooting translates. Yeah, the if stands. It I'm gonna wonder, like, since the stands are gonna be further back away from the goal and stuff. Well, I know. So I'm sure they're gonna bring in like the bleachers for like the student sections and shit. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and then they'll they'll have like media and all that right up close. But yeah, I mean, it's gonna be um, like aesthetically, it's gonna look much different than what they've been playing in. Hundred percent, and they say like when you're in bigger stadiums, like the most appealing environment for somebody to like shoot on is a wall right behind the goal, mm-hmm. like like let ten feet from behind the basket, like those small gyms. It's easier to shoot on that than when you're playing in the Superdome. So yeah. your perspective's different, or at least it you have to adjust to it. So, um. Yeah, I would lean under just because Villanova wants to slow it down. They have one of the slowest paces in the country. And like I said, Kansas can play that way as well. So, I mean, and then when you add in the fact that Nova's going to play that way no matter what, but when you add in the fact that they lose Justin Moore, their second leading scorer, and Gillespie's been playing poorly as of late, not up to his standard, I mean, that's definitely so. Yeah, definitely last- something to consider. And the last final four that was in New Orleans, the scores were were kind of low. You know, was that the Kentucky year? Yeah, sixty nine to sixty one, Kentucky beat Louisville. One twenty eight. Kansas beat Ohio State sixty four to sixty two. Wait, sixty nine, sixty one thirty. Yeah, one thirty, one twenty six, and then in the championship it was sixty seven to fifty nine. So low, pretty low. Oh, yeah, one thirty or lower. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't guarantee that it's going to go that way, but those are things that definitely take into account. I mean. It seems like the unders have been hitting, too, lately. In the last the last round, they definitely did, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'll take the under 132 as well. Nobody wants to go to a game and root for missed shots, but I will. 
Are you going to put your, put your name in the hat on it? Um, no. <laughs> no. All right. Um, and then, obviously, the main course of the night, 749. TBS getting the final four, huh? No, not CBS. Uh, North Carolina and Duke. So, Tar Heels are an eight seed. They were on the bubble, and they find themselves in the final four going up against their rival, uh, the Tobacco Road rivalry, or is that they call that something different? North Carolina Duke, regardless. Coach K are, could be possibly his last game, but surviving advance could find himself in the championship. Four-point favorites for Duke. This is a hard decision. It's extremely tough. So, first time they played Duke, one by 20. Second time they played North Carolina, one by 20. Hmm. Basically. It was like 16, something like that. But it was the last game at Cameron for Coach K. Close game at half. North, North Carolina comes out and blitzes them in the second half. And embarrasses them. So you've got Duke that is who is clicking on all cylinders right now, and then you've got North Carolina who's playing their best basketball of the year by far. Multiple guys stepping up. It's tough, big time. Um, I I think I'm gonna take Duke with the points. I, I think it almost benefits them that they lost as how they did last time. Uh, it's not like you need bulletin board material in a game like this. Neither side. Both teams are going to come fired up, ready to play. I feel like North Carolina's been living by the three more than Duke has. So we just looked into the scoring and all of that. If the scoring if, – if, the, if they're going to have off-shooting nights, then I like Duke. So I, th- I feel like Duke can have more sustained – success on the offense without relying on the three-point shot specifically because of Paulo Bancaro but then they also have Mark Williams down low who I love um you've got Griffin who was showing you the ability to get to the basket a little bit last game as well but he's a sniper from deep you've got Wendell Moore another guy who can create hit loves a mid-range jump shot so I just feel like they have more consistent options Caleb Love if you remember before the tournament was kind of he was either Hot as can be or cold as can be. So he's been hot as can be this entire tournament just about. If the shooting is going to kind of slow down, I give the edge to the Blue Devils. So I'm going to take Duke minus four. Coach K is going to the ship. Who are you going with, Justin? Um, Yeah, I mean, both teams are playing their best basketball right now. So I think you got to lean with the better team. So I think it's going to be Duke here. And um, I agree with what Logan said about how they just lost by 20. So I think that plays into a factor a little bit. Um, So, yeah, taking Duke, and I'm going to take the under 151. See, oh, God, it's so many points. It's so many points. Um, Also, too, it's like, is it too good to be true? Like, is it? it's it's like the perfect storyline for Coach K, you know? I'm going to go with North Carolina. Okay. And I just think that it's going to come down to the very end. Yeah, the points is what... I've so, been waiting for a team to have the ball at the... with. There's been no buzzer beaters. Or really the opportunity for them as the buzzer's really going Last off. shot, yeah. It's not like anybody's been missing a bunch of buzzer beaters either. So I think that this has got to be the game. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> So, 
No, yeah, and that's what, that's what I've been saying. Where the fuck are the buzzer beaters? This is March. There hasn't been a single one. There's been multiple opportunities, and it's like Matt Bradley loses the goddamn ball, doesn't even get the right. shot off. There was three different chances where they would have had the last shot and didn't even get it off, and we go to overtime or the game, or they lose altogether. If there's going to be one, yeah, it's probably going to be this one. We say that. It'll be fucking Kansas winning yeah. on a half-court heave, which would be electric. But, um, <laughs> oh, man. Mm, all right, yeah, I'm switching. If I had to pick the winner, I'd go Duke. But No, yeah, so here's here's my problem. I think it's just going to be so, so much drama. Here's my problem. So if North Carolina wins and Kansas wins the national championship, then Lindsay will win the bracket. So I was telling her if we're smart, we bet like because if Duke wins, she won't. She, she if Kansas would have lost, her Duke bracket would have been the front runner. If it like if they wouldn't have got to the final four, once they got to the final four, her um her Duke bracket was done. So if Duke loses and doesn't make the championship, but Kansas does, then all she needs is Kansas to win, mm-hmm. and she'll win the whole thing. So I was saying if we're smart, it's like we might as well bet like $500 on Duke money line or even more. Yeah. So not a guarantee, obviously, that Kansas would then beat North Carolina, but they'd be favored. Uh, so it's kind of like a hedge opportunity, I guess, you know. Um, but, yeah, I might, I, might make a, I might make a flip. We're going to the game. Can't be separate sides, <laughs> and it's like I do. I North Carolina. I was so close to taking them fifty to one before the Baylor game, um, and I didn't do it. So I've been kicking myself. And they've got Baycott down low. Like they they match up well with Duke, but it's like I feel like if you're gonna take the Tar Heels, you kind of got to go over one fifty one. I agree. So for them to be in this game, they're gonna have to hit, and Duke plays so fast, and. I always, it's so hard for me not to take the over because if overtime is in play, yeah. it ain't under time. So, yeah, fuck it. I'm pulling an audible. Give me, uh, give me the Tar Heels and give me the over. Are you gonna? Are you taking the points or no? No. Bad move. Bad move. I'm afraid. Well, yeah, I'm. I'd have nothing done. I've done nothing but lose on point totals this whole tournament. <laughs> um. But, yeah, so, ah, God, I don't know. It's so tough. It's like, it really is, especially because you don't really have much to go on from the previous matchups. You had a dominant win by Duke and then a dominant win by North Carolina. It's like, all right, here you go. Pick the third one in New Orleans in the Final Four. So, it's like, is this the Cinder- it's almost like this is a Cinderella story in terms of, like, for Coach K going out. Like, they were, after the North Carolina game, it was like, okay, Duke doesn't look that good. They go to the ACC championship. They lose to Virginia Tech. It's like, okay, Duke's vulnerable. So I was going to have a Duke bracket, and then they started looking vulnerable. So I, I avoided them. Um, but here they are in the Final Four, and it's like, is it going to be like the Hollywood script? Is it going to be perfect? Is it going to be beats North Carolina to advance the championship and then wins it, rides off into the sunset, you know? So, or does the script kind of get fucked up? By, by the Tar Heels yeah, and Hubert Davis in his first year as head coach. I so, mean, maybe they'll – And that's where it worries me too because it's like they were a bubble team. They weren't even supposed to I be I feel here. like Duke got favorable of officiating and uh, – Well, yeah, they're getting Coach K calls. Which game was that? Texas Tech maybe? Yes, they're getting – yeah, the whole time. They're getting Coach K calls 100%. Um, yeah, so 
that worried me a li- worries me a little bit, but um, I don't know. My head says take Duke in the under, but I'm going to go with uh, my heart, and I'm going to take the Tar Heels in the over. So, Justin, you're on Duke in the under, correct? Yeah. Probably the smart choice. Um, and then you're going to take just North Carolina, right? Yeah. All right. So that is our picks for the final four. We got to see who gets to the uh, who gets to the championship. We have fucking awesome tickets. I'm very excited for the uh, championship. We have solid tickets for the final four, but the championship game we're we're mid section, like three thirty something, like kind of right in the middle, row eight. It's gonna be fucking really. Yeah. It's gonna be perfect. Uh, we got them at like six hundred bucks. Last I looked, they were like eighteen hundred. Mm. So. Holy. So they're going to, and that's why I'm like, it's like if they get crazy and it's like $4,000 per ticket, it's like, how do you not sell them? But then at the same time, it's like, dude, this will be, if he does win, this will go down as a, probably a top five sporting moment of all time. Yeah. So it's the greatest college basketball coach ever winning in his life. Like, that's why, that's why this Duke North Carolina game is being dubbed as like possibly the biggest game in tournament history. Mm-hmm. So, and this is just, it's not even a championship game. So the, that's how big this rivalry is. And this is the last time coach K is going to play him. He's getting another opportunity after getting embarrassed on his home court. That's why I was like, dude, we got to fucking go. Uh, the, the price has actually dropped slightly just for a second. And we pounced on them and bought tickets. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a wild atmosphere. Other, that's what I said. Other than LSU basketball, I've never gone to another college basketball game, and I've certainly never gone to a championship game. I've never gone to a championship game of fucking any sport. So, Where's the Final Four next year? No idea. Why? You trying to go to that one too? We haven't every even, Final Four for the rest of my life. We haven't even gone to this one. Um, no, yeah. Not, never been to a Super Bowl, NBA championship, World Series. Um, sure, it wouldn't be that hard to go to the MLS Cup. Uh, but Stanley Cup would be electric. Never been to a national championship for football, anything like that. So this will be, this will be the first one, and it just so happens to be in New Orleans. So New Orleans always has the top sporting events. It's oh, kind of yeah. crazy. Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. Michael Jordan hit the shot. No Moss, Roberto Duran, like yeah. I, and I'm sure there's the, the lights going out for Ray Lewis in his last season Super Bowl victory against Kaepernick. Like the top. Sporting events. Anthony Davis, obviously, running the table. Not running the table, but winning with Kentucky. Uh, the Dome has seen some crazy sporting events. Like, think about yeah, that. Muhammad the, Ali's won yep. the heavyweight world championship in the Superdome. Yeah. Like, think about that. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, hit the shot that propelled him to his career. Hit the buzzer beater for North Carolina against Georgetown in the Dome. So, it's pretty remarkable to think about the different uh, sporting events that actually happen in that building. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. We will. Uh, there's a couple people down there that uh, I've been in contact with. Uh, a lot of people want to try to meet up and do this and that. We got to figure out what we're doing and what our uh, what our schedule is going to be looking like. Are y'all going down there, Justin? I know you said y'all aren't getting tickets, but no, because we're we're moving into a new house that day, so we're going to be trying to move in. That way, we can set everything up to where we can watch the games. the games. Yeah, where are y'all moving? On Dove Park. Those like new houses. Yeah. How many of y'all are going to be staying? Just four. It's me, Sam, Bo, and, and Josh. Nice. How's Josh feel after uh, the Razorbacks? I texted him. I, I said, 
I think I texted him in the second half. I said, Josh, what the fuck is going on? And he was just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Every time you bet on like uh, Arkansas game and the whenever it matters, this always happens. So I'm apparently cursed. Yeah, I mean, I texted him. I was like, I mean, you you didn't expect to be here. You you probably realistically thought y'all weren't going to make it past the first weekend. So it's like you got to be happy with the run. Yep. Sure, you want to win, but it's like y'all beat Gonzaga. That's a pretty fucking good year. So. Yeah. Yeah, expose Gonzaga for the frauds that they are. But all right, do y'all have anything to say before we go? Um, yeah. Uh Sharif O'Neal just entered the transfer portal. See you later, Fuck pal. him. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Nah, I mean he he honestly contributed more than I thought he would, um, down the stretch. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna enter the transfer portal. But it's like what, Will Wade was the one keeping you here? I mean, I'm sure he I'm sure he was a catalyst for a few players, especially the recruits coming in. I don't blame them for bouncing. Uh, but I think the guy we got from Murray State, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a good coach. Mm-hmm. He's a program builder. So it is what it is. Will Wade, don't pay people out of your fucking personal bank account. It, it, it's like you got to have guys. Kamara's got to have a guy to kick the dude's ass by the elevator. Marshawn Lattimore's got to have a guy to hold the gun. Will Wade's got to have a guy to pay the recruits. What, what are we Bitcoins. doing? Bitcoins. Yeah, you can't track it. Uh, what's on the blockchain? It's just it's out there. Um, yeah. All right. Episode 111, Big Easy Bets. Final four is set. That's all of our picks. We'll be back to give you our picks for the championship game once that stage is set. If y'all have any questions on anything, let us know. But, I mean, this is uh, down to the nitty-gritty, and then we have to uh, figure out what we're going to do after that. It's going to transition to NFL draft talk. So And USFL. And USFL. The dark days are coming. So, All right. Y'all have a good one. Who that?